You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You know, the message is the gospel. The power of God is in the gospel. It's not in the who wrote this and who did this and what's the context of this. The power of God is in the gospel, and the truth of God has to be read through a gospel lens. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor and joined as always with two special guests. This week, we have lead pastor Jose Abaroa with us. Thanks for being here, Jose. Thanks, Taylor. And we are joined by worship pastor extraordinaire Ben Kiowski. What it do, my ben. brothers? What it do? <laughs> and sisters. <laughs> oh, you're talking to us. Talking to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are talking to you. <laughs> I, uh, we kicked off a new series yesterday, and so, Jose, I'd love for you not only just to kind of give us a sneak peek of kind of, or maybe behind the scenes more like of the process of preparing for the message, but then also for the series as a whole, maybe just kind of what were some of the things that motivated you on your heart to make all this happen? Yep. Good question, and I'll try to be as succinct as possible. I think after the Kingdom Manifesto series, where we looked through the red letters of Jesus, verse by verse, I uh, was excited to do uh, an epistle, and so I went through them, and then 1 Corinthians really stood out to me, especially when I um, read it in light of uh, Paul speaking to division and appealing for unity, and uh, it's important for me to say this again. He was speaking reactively to issues in the church, and this series is proactive, so we're not speaking to any one thing, but it is uh, important for us to look at um, this and remember what to uh, what unifies us and what to look out for because division is all around us. It's around us in the culture, mm-hmm. and um, it's really important to make sure that we have our eyes wide open and our eyes on Jesus. So, yeah, yeah. I like how you said yesterday. Just there's no place for that out, you know, in yeah. here in the church. Yeah. So being protecting that. Uh, One of the things you mentioned both uh, in the weekly email that goes out on Thursdays, as well as Sunday, you kicked off by talking about four different types of churches. So I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on this uh, as we kick off. One being a church that is in the city. I'm gonna see if I can get these right. Churches in the city is more just kind of, uh, they meet, but there's no impact at all had on the surrounding community. Then you have a church that's of the city, which is they're so ingrained in the culture that there's really no difference between the church and the culture. You've got a church that's against the city, so they're completely isolated. They have no desire to engage at all in the outside world. And then you have a church that is for the city. So I'd love to kind of hear both of y'all's thoughts on just kind of what makes it so significant to be a church that is for the city. Yeah, we want to influence the culture with the gospel. And that's what this church has been about since the beginning. We've been unified not by a denomination or by a certain group of people, but we've been unified by the gospel. And that's allowed us to be externally uh, motivated and focused. And so uh, I do believe, wholeheartedly believe, that we've been a church for the city and uh, want to continue to, to be so. One of the things that was interesting to me about those four different types of churches that Keller identifies um, is that uh, they're all partially rooted in some things that are true, which which brings us caution. So um, to make sure that we aren't um, talking about us as individuals and members of the Big C Church as well as our local church, that we aren't... um, um, taken uh, taken as fools by the enemy um, in our own iteration of what it means to be 
for the city. Because, um, for instance, to be set apart, the one that is, again, as, as he's saying, is against the city. Well, it actually speaks a little bit to sanctification, what it means to be set apart. Yeah. But then you think about the reality of that is that, yeah, we are, be, are to be set apart. But what makes that, in the way that Keller says it, not good for us is when we only take that. Because the scripture tells us that we are in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we're set apart, but we still have to be for, we have to be engaged with culture, which is what the the heavy emphasis is on being for the city. And um, so that was just an interesting observation for me. I don't know if that's meaningful at all, yeah. but, you know, same with being uh, uh, in the city. You know, there's there's a there's a time and there's a there's a place and there's a, within the, the construct of being a church that's for the city to be, to exist in a contemplative and worshipful and kind of stepped back a role to where we're existing as, as, as a, as a culture within a culture. Um, but that's got to be engaged in order to be for the city. Um, I hope that makes sense. It's just yeah. observation. Not really, I don't know yeah. if that's useful at all, yeah. but what something I thought about. Yeah, yeah. And what you're getting at is that there is a part of all of those that are good and that are, are parts right. of, um, you know, being a church and the question mark, I think, and the reason why that stood out to me is, how much are we influencing the city? And yeah. if we just concentrate on one of those things, Absolutely. then we kind of lose that influence. But mm-hmm. that being for the city, uh, it really ties into judgment. And what mm-hmm. I learned through the Kingdom Manifesto series in reading the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus is saying, discern mm-hmm. and, and make sure that your heart is for other people. Exactly. And that will give you grace and compassion when you yeah. approach difficult subjects. Same thing. We can't lose our fervor to reach the city. Right. Um, and we also can't compromise being sanctified, yeah. set apart, um, because that's what we're called, yeah. we're called to be. Does, is that? Yeah. That's what, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying the same thing. It yeah. just is interesting. When, when the first time I heard it, which was reading your, your article in the e-news before, mm-hmm. before you preached it, the first time I heard Tim Keller's little four things there, I thought, well, it's interesting that those, the other things that aren't quote unquote good in silos, yeah. you know, are also part of what is good in the, in in my opinion, the all-encompassing idea of being for yeah. the city. Those things are part of it, but separate out by themselves, is, it isn't great. It isn't good to be only one of those. So throughout this whole series on United, we're going to look at things throughout First Corinthians, whether it's going to be next week's on United in Conviction, we've got United in Harmony, United on Mission, but this week kind of focusing first and foremost on being united under Christ. And just, Jose, I loved your intro, not only for the series and just the letter, but also just really kind of camping out on that focus of the cross and both the simplicity, but also the power that comes through the cross. And that's something that Paul kind of reiterated. One of the things that he mentioned was how you know you had people that were saying I'm following Paul or I'm following Apollos or all these different kind of leaders. So I want to kind of start with that first and kind of just ask y'all kind of what do you what do you make because I feel like even now that's a relevant thing that we have in our culture, whether with social media or just even within our Christian space. So what do you make of just kind of how do we as believers kind of prevent ourselves from falling into that trap of just kind of uh, following a, a leader instead of following following Jesus? Yeah, so many times. I think we're almost attracted to look for differences and then create any sort of like individual preference and then talk about, well, I'm different than this group or I'm, you know, yeah, that, you know, these people are going this way, but I'm, I'm going to go 
that way. And so that's just a natural human tendency that we have to focus on the differences. And I think the antidote for that is to recognize um, the similarities. And when we are uh, brothers and sisters under Jesus in Christ, then that is the most important thing. And again, that's what we have chosen to be about as a church um, for since, since the beginning where we haven't fallen into one of the camps, we've just said, no, we're, we're, we're under Jesus. We make the gospel, the center of everything, um, that we do. And when it comes to individual leaders, I did find this interesting. Um, I didn't say this from the stage, but if we were to, if, if we did know more about Apollo or about like, uh, why they mentioned Peter, um, then we would have, all of these denominations <laughs> mm-hmm. that would have naturally, you know, come from that, but, but we don't. And what I love too, is that uh, Apollos and uh, Paul talks about Apollos later in the letter, like they're, they're good. And he and Peter, we know from scripture that they're good too. And well, Paul and Jesus are obviously good. So the leaders didn't have any issue with them. It was just the followers that were having issues and picking and choosing. And uh, man, back then, there was one church in Corinth. There wasn't like different denominations. It was the church in Corinth. And um, I think that's important for us to remember because we do live in a day where there are so many different you know, churches and denominations and all that stuff. It always sticks out to me that Paul starts with himself with everything. Yeah. Not in a selfish way, but he says, you know, you say you're following this person. You say you're following me. You say you're following somebody else. Did I die for you? I did not. You know, why are you, why are you saying you're of Paul? Because that's garbage. You know, and even in uh, the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, he talks about, you know, I didn't come to you with eloquence. You know, I, I came, as you as, came to you as someone who knows nothing mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't, so it wouldn't be my, my creative words or something that convinced you of, of whatever, it, whatever it is. But instead, it's the spirit of Christ, you know. And I think um, sort of macro, the whole idea of following all these different veins you know, it's the bleeding in of the of the sort of uh, theological intellectual world. You know, uh, the 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 famous uh, you know how many how many angels can fit on the on the end of a pen type arguments. You know what I mean that that have come down through the history of theologians and 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 even talking with people who are interested in theology and things like that. You know, it's like oh well, I'm you know I'm I'm more of an NT right person or I'm more of a this person or I'm more of a this, and it's like we understand what people are saying when they say that. And I think maybe that's the same spirit that Paul is, is coming here. He's like, yeah. okay, I, I think I, I get what you're saying, but why, what's the point of all of this when, you know, the message is the gospel, the power of God is in the gospel. It's not in the who wrote this and who did this and what's the context of this. The power of God is in the gospel and the truth of God has to be read through a gospel lens, um, which is actually something that <laughs> incidentally Tim Keller is big about. Yeah. Is is that 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 it all has to be through the lens of the gospel, and if it's not, then we've kind of missed the point. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. That's kind of what I think about all that sort of stuff. Is it's we've bled into the 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 in in our current culture where there's so much information, there's so many people writing, there's so many th- people um, that 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 have great things to say, and uh, it's similar to what's going on in Corinth and what Paul is speaking to. That you know, there's all these different veins and all these different rabbit trails we can go down when the and the reality of our of our existence is to be ones who are carrying the torch of the gospel. Yeah, you know, not the torch of some people's idea about what the gospel means. 
I love that, Ben, because it even bleeds into what we'll talk about next week with United in Conviction, because there are some things that are important that we need to be like-minded in. Um, And Paul speaks to that, I think, clearly in the letter, as we will see next, the next two weeks, really. Um, But one of the things that is hard to do is uh, talk to someone that is vastly different than you just because we don't share experiences, we don't share backgrounds. And I didn't say too much about that yesterday, but I think that's a bigger deal than we let on. Uh, what is it? Xenophobia, the, the fear of foreigners, you know? And yeah. it's, it's a human nature thing. It's not anything one group of people or another. It's from the beginning of time, we've, we have feared the unknown. And so when we see somebody that, that we don't have a lot of commonalities uh, with, then, then it brings about this, well, you're against me. Then. And the truth here is, no, the gospel unifies people from all walks of life, different, different, you know, backgrounds and all that stuff into one body. That's how powerful the message, the message of the cross is. So I love how that, you know, I'll kind of imagine Well, that. and then the, the complication of it is then we take in something from, you know, that sounds reasonable from some vein of thought you know, or some whatever. We take something that sounds reasonable that may or may not be rooted in truth, but it sounds reasonable because a person that we know and trust who usually speaks truth has this idea. We take that and we add that in instead of, uh, and, you know, I I think every, most people are guilty of it at some level. I know I am. And we take those things and instead of having what what the word of God says be our standard, we have that plus what so-and-so said about that. It's like, well, Okay, that's that's a way to think about it, and that's fine. But we can't we can't speak things that aren't objective truth as if they are truth. We don't we don't get to teach our opinions as 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 the end all. And the scripture is the one that that motivates us, and I think that makes it even more complicated because we have a tendency now, even more so now, in my personal opinion, to um, to add things that sound reasonable in our own mind to what the scripture says. Yeah, right? like you said earlier, there's so much information out yeah. there, so many influencers. People influencing. Yeah. But I love what you said yesterday, Jose, just about how it has, you know, the gospel has nothing to do with the speaker or the presenter, mm-hmm. but everything to do with the message. And that's where the power is. And uh, just thinking about Ben, what you were sharing, but how Paul, I mean, he knew more theology and more of the book knowledge, if you will. But just in the first part of chapter two, he's talking about how he's, you know, he's just focused on the cross and the gospel on that. And so it is so simple and yet powerful and, and personal. Uh, Jose, as you had on one of your points. And so I'd love to kind of ask both of y'all, this is a maybe a little bit of a loaded uh, question, but how do you remind yourselves of the truth of the cross just in your day-to-day? Because it's something that, yeah, you hear it at church and it's definitely powerful and life-changing, especially I remember when I made the decision to truly believe that it, it, it happened and it's real and I, I received that in my life. But But going forward, I can think back to so many times where I just have not necessarily forgotten, but just don't choose to live in a way according to that that truth. So how do y'all kind of keep that in front of your mind, especially something that it is so simple and something that you've heard both of y'all being in the church as for as long as you have, just something that continually comes up? Mm. That's a big question. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> to, to steal from the Apostle Paul, not that I've considered myself to already have taken hold of it, <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I have learned, been trained, and continue to try to yield my own ideas and my own opinions to the mind of Christ and to try to take, you know, 
we continue to take the truth of the scripture in and we continue to relate to God in the ways that he has created us to be intimate with him. Um, but if we don't allow those things to renew our mind, to correct our um, psychology when it's speaking against us or speaking against the truth of God, when we don't allow the scripture or the spirit of God's prompting to actually change our hearts and our minds, then uh, it's hard. It's hard to see things through um, the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. And when we have, when I, when I, when I'm able to yield as much as is humanly possible to the Spirit of God in the way that I view the world around me and the way that I view individuals, um, then I'm able to have the um, the perspective of Christ, and I see people not as 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 people to be. Um, corrected, controlled, uh, or as projects, but as people who are m- my brothers and my sisters and mm-hmm. people who God loves, even if they're you know running far away um, uh, from him, I'm able to actually see people with that compassion. And it, when I'm able to live in that, in that space in my, in my head and in my spirit, I don't spend much time judging people or worrying about what they're, doing or saying or how they're acting or, 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 you know, what type of lifestyle they're leading. Um, and I'm able to look through the lens of the cross that they're just as forgiven as I am, uh, whether they've chosen to receive that or not. And, um, also, and, and likewise, the other side of that coin is I'm just as much in need of, of, of a savior and as, and of reconciliation as, as someone who's far from God. It's just, you know, I, I made the decision to receive it sooner than maybe they have, you know, and um, th- I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how the daily thing works for me. Um, you know, and like I said, again, to, to be redundant, not that I've considered myself to, right. to, to be it's an expert at it, but that's the, that's the path, you know, this is the way, right? <laughs> this is the way. That's a Star Wars. Uh, it's a Mandalorian. A Mandalorian. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's self-awareness. It's humility. It's recognizing that no matter what um, platform God has given us, mm-hmm. we are merely servants. And um, yeah, later on in verse three, uh, chapter three, I was pulling this up as you were sharing, Ben. Um, oh, verse, uh, sorry, chapter four, Paul says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ. So that's what Paul is saying. That's me, Apostle Paul, saying I'm a servant of Christ, and um, that's that's all we are because he's he's the man. Jesus is the one that uh, got it done as as believers in a Savior. Then we need to be totally aware that we need rescue every day and reminders um, all the time. I, I I think that that's why it's so important. A lot of people say, well, why you know why do you go to church and you know community group and all this other stuff? It's so that we can be reminded. Because we forget so yeah. quickly. We get so distracted. That's our, again, our flesh. Uh, but when we are surrounded by a graceful uh, yet truthful um, group of people, uh, we're, we're redirected back to the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I love just even the question, you, you know, the quote that you brought up from John Wesley, one of his questions, just the simple question of, is Christ real to me? And if, I think for many of us, we'd say, well, yeah, like, you know, head knowledge. But if you think back to how that influences our decisions and just daily things, I think about myself, it's like, yeah, no, I was not acting as though he was real in that situation. Hmm. Um, I'd love to kind of 
hear both of y'all's takes, just kind of maybe just one or two kind of practical ways that as we take a message like this and just, again, just kind of focusing on being united under Christ, what is something that maybe we can do just this week as either a member of a community group or just a member of the body as far as one way that we can kind of just focus on maybe taking this kind of big message and making it kind of small and, and practical in our lives. You can always hit us with the applicable uh, questions, trying to figure one one little thing. I'd say, uh, yeah, practice self-awareness. And um, it sounds simple, but um, allow the Spirit of God to speak to you. He is real. And so when we make space um, in our lives for Him, He's faithful to show up via, via uh, or through prayer, through another person in some way. And um ask yourself that John Wesley question, is Christ real to me? And if your answer is, I don't know, then go a little deeper and ask why, why may that be the case? What are things that are maybe distracting you from uh, the Lord? And maybe what are some differences that you're making a bigger deal? You know, well, church is not this, or, uh, you know, the pastor doesn't speak this way, or the music doesn't sound that way. Those are all just little differences that distract us from, from the greater thing. Are they important? Of course. Um, but they're not nearly as important as um, the reason why we um, do church in the first place, and that's to worship Jesus. Um, yes. Could you repeat the question again? <laughs> <laughs> What's the way of applying? Well, I started talking about John Wesley, and then I was like, John Wesley said some really great things. <laughs> I was just wondering if there's some ways in which we can take this message, again, just the message of the cross that we've heard over and over. Yes. yes. Practical application of being united. Yes. Okay. Well, I think, uh, you know what Jose said about self-awareness is important. I think very important. And you you think about, um, like you said, bringing up John Wesley, (laughs) the, the, the constant reminder that we need to be renewed in our, in our ability to, to, to receive from, from God and think, you know, with the mind of Christ, you think of John Wesley and if you know anything about his history, which a lot of people do, uh, you know, he had been, he had learned a lot about everything. I mean, he was already a theologian as it were and a writer. And then he goes and sits in the church uh, at Aldersgate and he sits there and says, and I was profoundly moved by the spirit of God. And that's when he says that was his conversion to following mm-hmm. Christ. And that instigated his, his move into his missionary sort of lifestyle, right? And uh, <laughs> which is funny because he had already been following after God right. for years by, right. that, by that point. Uh, and I think it's a reminder, that particular scenario is a reminder to us that we have to be continually ready to be renewed in our minds by the Spirit of God and, and, and motivated into a, a plan and a lifestyle that God has for us. But also in being united, I think that we have to remember that 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 though that though we may have thoughts and ideas that may be based on something that is uh, even true and good, um, it, if it's not a spiritual issue, then it's not a spiritual issue, man. And we we can come together over the the reality of who Jesus is and our and our and our and our um, citizenship. Uh, in heaven and our membership in the family of God, we can come together on those things and our following after Jesus. If we allow, and I think this is what Paul's talking about because he is talking about quarrels. If we allow the things to come in that are extra spiritual, extra biblical, they're not part of the mission of the kingdom of God. 
are they are they part of the mosaic of our lives? Of course they are. Are they important? Yes, but they're not spiritual issues. They're not salvation issues. They're not, they're not, you know, the true gospel or or a counterfeit gospels type of thing. Um, because we can be right about all the things in the world, but if we're not giving the life of the gospel, if we're not speaking the life of Christ, if we're not unified in one purpose, unified in the, the gospel of Jesus and being people who are part of the kingdom of God, living for the fame and the glory of God, then we're not doing anything useful, regardless of how right we are about anything. And um, I don't know, I just yelled a little bit there. That's good. But that's, that's kind of, you know, being unified is a choice to, to, to allow the truth of God to separate those things out. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't mean that it's totally meaningless. You know, there, there, there might be an issue in the community that is important to the community, but, if it's, not, but it's, not a, it's not a biblical issue. It's not a spiritual uh, uh, separation that we need to make. I think there's actually a quote in 1 Corinthians somewhere about that. These yeah. issues that carry no weight in, in the spiritual world, they need keep that crap to yourself. Yeah. You know? That's the food. Yeah. Food uh, sacrifice yeah, to is, idols. Yeah. And yeah, not everything is beneficial or yeah. good. Well said, Ben. Yeah. I heard you say lay down things that you may deem really important, but yeah. may not be. Right. Especially for, you know, kingdom purposes. Well, and in, in our, you know, political environment here, I mean, I have my political opinion. Everybody has their, that's the, that's the big hot thing right now is politics, right? I've got my political opinions about things and we can talk about it. Trust me, I'm right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> it was so a joke. Next episode. There was a joke for those of you who don't get my humor out there. But like, you know, there, I have my opinions and other people have their opinions and I might be passionate about some of those things and actually do something about it in the community. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not spiritual, yeah. you know? Maybe my idea about what's right and good about it is motivated by my life in Christ. Yeah, sure, it should be. I hope it is. Mm-hmm. But man, that doesn't, that doesn't indict someone else as non-spiritual or not a follower of Jesus because it doesn't work like, I'm a believer in Jesus. I follow Jesus fervently. Also, I have this idea. Therefore, this idea is a Christ-like idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not... It's not how it's not linear like that. <laughs> yeah, I love that you brought that up because I think that's what I hope this series really does is show us what are you know these non-negotiable issues that we need to be united in uh, because there's so many other things that are distracting us that are asking pulling for our attention and once we get the core things that Paul's saying, look, yeah, some differences are okay. Like we'll read in a few weeks, uh, two weeks on on conviction. Next week is really non-negotiable, um, but then we'll we'll see. Okay, these are the things that unite us. But let's not forget the power of the cross, which means that no one. No one is too far away from God. No one is hopeless. There's no one, no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done. I think I already said that. Um, that can <laughs> that can um, you know exempt you from the grace of God. And that to me is well, it's not to me. It's the most powerful message from the world. That's good. And looking forward to the next few weeks in the series. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. 
It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.